0: What's going on guys? Bear Down and Beyond Episode 4 and it's Bears and Packers week baby. It's Bears and Packers week. Fuck the Packers. Fuck the Packers. Fuck the Packers. Fuck the Packers and I will not stop stop hating the Packers till the day I die. Oh my god I'm so excited for this week. This is probably the most excitement we have had as Bears fans facing the Packers with as much hope and confidence in the last 20 years. I can't remember a game when we're going in to play the Packers that we felt so realistically confident and rightfully so and so excited without having to have our hopes and dreams ripped right out of our hearts because of Aaron Rodgers. This this is the life of a Bears fan. There's so much hype and excitement. People are saying this is a must-win game and it's week one. It's a must-win game because of this. It's a must-win game for us to build some more confidence in this rivalry because it hasn't been really a rivalry in the last 15 years because of Aaron Rodgers. He has owned the Bears. 24-5 against the Chicago Bears. Imagine going in twice a year knowing you're going to lose your arch nemesis and couldn't do anything about it for the last 15 years. So one reason why this is kind of a must-win going around national media, Chicago media – just Bears fans at home in general some confidence to regain this rivalry and put our foot up the Packers ass for the first time in tw- 15 20 plus years because it's been a long time since we've been able to give the middle finger slap them in the face and put a foot straight up their fucking ass the other reason is for Justin Fields confidence for Justin Fields for us as a Bears fan to believe in him for us as the national media to believe in him there's been a lot of discussion around justin fields is he him is he the great quarterback in the future for the chicago bears and this game is a statement game against an arch rival that has been beating our ass for the last 15 to 20 years to be like yes he is him he can carry this team he's got the weapons around him now it's still a re a team that is continuing to add these additions on defense and offense but he's got that dj Moore. our defense is a lot better than it was last year still not You know, middle top of the pack, but a lot better than last year. So those are the two reasons why I believe this is a must win for Chicago. Statistically, is it a must win? No. I mean, you have 16 other games in the season. However, the NFL season is short. You only get six division games. This is a must win to put ourselves back on the map, Justin Fields, to prove the haters wrong and for us to have some confidence going into week two, some confidence going into this rivalry again because it's been torture, it's been misery, it's been pain, it's been an ass-whooping for the last 15-plus years with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. So I have an exciting episode. This is Wednesday, September 6th, so I'm probably releasing this Thursday tomorrow. So there might be some changes regarding any bets that we're talking about, injuries, line movements, any of that good stuff. But first, let's talk Bears and Packers preview oh my gosh i'm so excited i cannot wait for this game it's a four o'clock game it's nationally televised fox game of the week baby and this is going to be a good game a good game for the bears and i'm so excited let's start with injury updates team updates so the packers have some important injuries um, on the injury report as of today wednesday september 6th this could change by the time the game comes these people could be out they could be in they could be questionable we don't know But what we do know, as of Wednesday, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and David Bakhtiari did not practice so far this week. This is huge. Jordan Love needs that protection at the line. David Bakhtiari is what pretty much makes that O-line legitimate. He is their best offensive lineman when healthy. And he's not going to have two of his top-tier receivers with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs as of now. This is huge for the Bears This is huge. If they do not, if any of those guys do not end up playing, whether it's one of them, two of them, three of them, you know, whether it's David Bakhtiari, whether it's one of the receivers, this is huge. And if they are not playing, any of them are not playing, the Bears need to capitalize on this opportunity. Jordan Love is already trying to adjust to an offense. He is going to be in a first-year system as a starter. You know, in this office, he's been sitting behind. Aaron Rodgers for a few years, obviously, but he's taking the charge and he's gonna need to have his top weapons and his top protection if he wants a shot at this game in Chicago. So that's huge. The Bears knock on wood, knocking on wood here. Um have been healthy relatively so far this week. Brisker and Eddie Jackson had limited to practice. Um, and those are two huge defensive players that we're gonna need in this game to defeat uh the packers and that i want to be have on the field at every game this year because those are two of my favorite players that i want to watch on defense this year especially eddie jackson can you get back for those from those takeaway that takeaway king that pick six king and, ja- and jaquan brisker that year two in that defense heavy hitter he hasn't been in training camp all year i don't think but this will be um two players that i need to have on the field and that i want on the field for the bears Drinking my high noon here. Pardon me. Let me adjust my audio settings a little bit here. I just want to make sure we're capturing the right audio. All right. Um, Position matchups. Position matchups for the for the Bears versus the Packers. I wanted to do this exercise. Who's got the advantage at each position on the field? Going starting with the quarterback. And this is not being biased. This is just obvious. The Bears have the advantage at quarterback here with Justin Fields um, being in the second year, full starting his second year, second full offseason in this offense with Luke Etsy. That's a huge advantage over Jordan Love, who's been sitting on the bench for the last three or four years, only coming in at a couple handful of games at a time. Yes, Jordan Love had a great preseason or whatever, however you want to describe his preseason um but that was preseason preseason to preseason this is the regular season and i'm giving the bears the advantage and the edge here in this matchup when it comes to quarterbacks running backs if we had david montgomery i would consider this a little bit closer but obviously the packers have a better running back better duo in the backfield with a.j dillon and aaron jones um we got Khalil herbert we got deontay foreman we got roshan johnson who knows how the Bears are going to end up doing that rotation this season. I could see a lot of Khalil Herbert to start the game, but he's not the best the best pass catching running back. Well, I'm giving the Packers the edge here with the running back position because they have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. And those guys are some solid runners. Not that I don't like Khalil Herbert, not that I don't believe in Khalil Herbert, but giving that edge to Green Bay. The wide receiver matchup This is going to the Bears. Injuries or not, obviously Watson and Dobbs have not been practicing this week, which I've been mentioning. But DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, two two of those guys needing to come back from injury and being um, healthy with Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney. And then you got DJ Moore, a legit number one wide receiver for um, Justin Fields. And Jordan Love does not have that. He's got Christian Watson. He's got Romeo Dobbs. They started to come out at the end of the year with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if they're going to have that same type of production with Jordan Love as their quarterback, as they did with Aaron Rodgers. Um, So definitely giving that matchup to the Bears. O-linemen, the Bears have had a lot of solid additions to the O-line Um over this offseason. The one O-line that is injured that I believe is not playing and is already ruled out, but I'm not very sure, is Tevin Jenkins. I want that guy on the field every game, every play for Justin Fields because he is a dog, he is a beast, and he will get down and dirty to protect his quarterback. We saw it, uh, was it that Vikings? No, it was a Steelers game. I think he got a flag um, when he chirped back and went to you know confront those Steelers uh, defenders that hit Fields late on that play that was during the MA- uh, nag era, And ever since that play, it was either the Vikings or Steelers. I've loved that guy. I love his tenacity. I love his aggressiveness. And I need him on the field at all times for fields. I believe he is out this game. And with him on the field, then we can bring Cody White here back to center, which I think is really important. Lucas Patrick, you know, he's like glass, man. He's like Tua tight. Ty- he's like Tua. He always gets hurt. He can never be healthy in the field. I hope he does stay healthy because – Then we're going back. Then we're going to our third string center, which is a guy we just acquired from the Chargers, which is not what I want to see Week One. The O line of the Packers, if Bakhtiari is out, definitely a huge advantage the Bears have over the Packers um, in the O line section. But I will, even if Bakhtiari is playing, giving the Bears an O line uh, advantage here. We got Darnell Wright, that first round pick. We got Braxton Jones, who's been really developing really well. We got Cody White here, solid, hardworking offensive lineman. We got Nate Davis that we acquired over the offseason and Lucas Patrick. So definitely giving the Bears the offensive line advantage there. Now we're talking defense. The Packers, I believe, had the 21st ranked defense. I have it scrolling here later in my notes when I'm doing the predictions. From According to Pro Football Focus, the Bears were dead last, but the Packers lost more players than they acquired and gained in the offseason, which is why I'm having the Bears have an advantage on defense here because we acquired some huge free agent acquisitions. We got a lot of young players that are year two in this defense, and we had a lot of solid draft picks, including um, Tyreek Stevenson, Dexter, um, and then we had Tremaine Edmonds as an addition, TJ Edwards, Jack Sanborn coming back from injury. Um, we got Jalen Johnson, we got Kyler Gordon, <coughs> excuse me. We got Jaquan Brisker and we got Eddie Jackson and they lost Adrian Amos. They lost a few players and they did not have any huge offseason acquisitions, you know, from what I recall in free agency or the draft. So I'm definitely giving the Bears the edge here. They already ranked the 21st defense, the Packers last year, and they did not get any better. So definitely giving the Bears the advantage here. All right, let's talk money. Let's talk sporting bets. This is where we're getting to the fun stuff. I want to talk about injuries. I want to talk a little bit about position matchups. Get it a little bit more analytical and strategic with, um, with some of the kind of dissecting the game here, um, bets for this game in particular. And then we're going to talk about some future bets that I'm eyeing, Bears related and non-Chicago Bears related, for this um, season. But let's talk about bets. And I just I think some of the player prop lines came out. Not all of the sports books have the player props lines out. I am a huge player prop guy. I love player props. Um, but one that I really loved, and this bet won me so much money last year. And I don't care what the line was. I always bet it and I always laid, laid lots of units on it. And one of the lines just came out on DraftKings, and I'm gonna hammer that tonight before that line moves, because that line will move. Fields over rushing yards is 58.5 minus 115 on DraftKings. And he, this is actually predicted for most rushing yards out of all the players in this game um as well. He had 70-plus rushing yards against the Packers in Week 13. He averaged 72.8 rushing yards over the course of the season. How was this line 58.5? I get it. We, he's got more receiving weapons. He's supposed to be developing as a As a passer and he will but with this offensive line that's still trying to gel the kind of pieces that we're kind of mixing in and out of this offensive line with some of the injuries that we have he's gonna escape he's too athletic not to escape which is the reason why i bet the future bet of 800 and a half rushing yards on the season and it's exactly why i'm gonna lay some units on 58 and a half rushing yards in this game he can get this in three or four runs i guarantee it Fields over rushing yards 58 and a half at -115 at DraftKings is a lock of the week. And he will throw. He will have a great game as a quarterback, but he is too athletic to not use his legs and he's going to escape and he's going to get these in three or four plays, I guarantee it. Um so definitely Fields over rushing yards. When I saw this, I thought the line was going to be closer to like 71, but it's at 58 right now. I'm laying some units on this, and this will be a trend on bets that you'll see me do all season long until I'm proved wrong. Um, he will escape. The other bet for the game that I'm looking at right now, oh my god, I thought it was really low as well. It's kind of disrespectful. DJ Moore receiving yards, 48 and a half receiving yards, minus 115 at DraftKings. I will be making uh bet stories, betting posts on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all throughout the week, leading to the kickoff. Of week one so stay tuned follow the pages on instagram tiktok youtube twitter um for live updates if the line moves if i find a book that's got a better line better odds or whatever but dj moore 48 and a half receiving yards at minus 115 at DraftKings is a lock in two games against the packers in his career he's got 251 yards averaging 125 yards per game he this, he's gonna get this in maybe Two or three passes. I, I could even just envision right now a screen pass to DJ Moore. He picks up 50 yards, 40 yards. Maybe they do it twice. A slant, a little in route. Whatever it's gonna be, I guarantee he hits this with rainbow colors. With not even sweating your balls off one bit with these two bets. So my locks of the game: Justin Fields 58 and a half rushing yards at minus 115 at DraftKings, and DJ Moore 48 and a half receiving yards at minus 115 on DraftKings. These are locks of the game, and you have to bet these. And you can follow all my bets on the Action Network app at your boy Samuel. You can follow me on there, see all my live bets. You can tell me. You can fade me. I don't really care, but I'm here to you know, talk some money, help you make some money, help you lose some money, whatever it is. If you're telling me or fading me, you're either going to win or you're going to lose. And these are two locks that I will be laying some units on. All right. Now it's time for the game predictions. I'm going to walk through what happened last season a little bit because the Green Bay Packers are essentially the same team minus Aaron Rodgers. They had no huge offseason acquisitions, no like major trades that they did. They lost a few key players. Aaron Rodgers, their leading receiver, Alan Lazard, Adrian Amos, who was one of their key defensive leaders and safeties on that team, um, and Robert Tonyan, a solid tight end that is now in the Bears. So looking at week two, dominated. You know they dominated the Bears. This is week two. Justin Fields' second week in Luke Getzi system. We didn't really see the Bears' offense stride until like week six or seven when that Patriots game was happening. But Aaron Jones and A. Rod dominated this game. Obviously, um, Equinon St. Brown was the leading receiver at thirty nine receiving yards. Montgomery had one hundred and twenty two rush yards. So I see the Bears having success running the ball against the Packers. Um this game, this season, as a season as a whole, the Bears were really good at running the ball last year. Um, week 13, this game was more competitive. The score didn't necessarily dictate, you know, indicate that. It was a nine-point game, but they were in it. Justin Fields had two really bad interceptions, which is what kept them out of this game, but it doesn't matter because we were tanking anyways for that first-round pick. Aaron Rodgers only had 102 um, passing yards with one touchdown. He really didn't need to do much with that defense um, helping out. The offense, A.J. Dillon only ran for 92 rushing yards. and Lazard only had 67 receiving yards. Fields threw for 254 yards, but he had two interceptions, which is killer. He had 71 rushing yards. And Equinama St. Brown was the leading receiver with 79 yards. So the reason why I kind of brought this up is because the Packers are pretty much the same team without Aaron Rodgers. They're the 14th-ranked offense in 2022, and that was with Aaron Rodgers. Do you think they're going to be better than that, a higher-scoring offense? higher high, higher, score scoring offense with Jordan Love at the helm over Aaron Rodgers? Absolutely not. No one will ever think that. And then they had the 21st ranked, score, ranked scoring defense according to Pro Football Focus um, in uh, 2022. And they had key losses with Adrian Amos. They didn't have any significant additions, no trades um, that's going to really indicate that they're going to be a better defense. Or a better offense. They have a lot of you know first-round talent on that defense, but last year they were struggling. Um, with the Bears, you know, the Bears had huge acquisitions all across the board in the draft, in the free agency with Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards. Um, you know, we drafted some uh, defensive line with Nguakwe. We still need to help in the pass rush. What I'm worried about in this game a little bit is the running game of the Packers. They could really control this game if we can't stop the run. The Bears need to stop the run and force Jordan Love to throw. If we do that successfully, we have a really good shot at winning this game, regardless of what happens on the other side of the field. We stop the run, we make Jordan Love throw, because our corners, our secondaries, I think we have top five secondary in the league, Um, will match up very well to those receivers, whether it's Watson, Dobbs, or if those are out, we're going to match up really well. Jalen Johnson on who? You know, Tyreek Stevenson on who? Ken- Kendall um uh, oh my gosh. Kyler Gordon on who? Eddie Jackson, Jacob Brisker clogging up, you know, that, you know, that second tier for the run game. Jack Sambor, TJ Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds, you know, really stopping the run. That's gonna be really important. Seeing how well those two uh defensive tackle rookies that we got in the draft are gonna do. Um so yeah. So with that being said, I got – the line right now is minus one, minus one and a half, depending on the book. I listen to a lot of Chicago sports radio. I pay attention to the national media. Like Vegas even doesn't know what they want to do. I think everyone's really overthinking this game. It's simple. The Bears are going to win, and they're going to win by a lot. They are going to kick the Green Bay Packers' ass. The Packers are essentially the same team as last year without Aaron Rodgers. The receiving core is worse. Their defense is not the same, if not worse. People are overthinking this. They don't want to commit to a decision. They don't want to admit the Bears are better. They're scared to admit that Justin Fields is a good quarterback. And they're scared to admit that the Bears are going to win this game. That's why people it's like 50-50 in terms of the, the betting. No one really knows to go with it. Stop overthinking it. The Bears are the better team. The Bears are going to kick their ass. And it's in Chicago. Justin Fields is going to go off. Our defense is going to have a great game. And Jordan Love is only in the first week of his first full-time as a starter in Matt LaFleur's system. Stop overthinking it. The Bears are going to kick the Packers' ass. With that being said, I'm taking the Bears to win by at least 10 in this game. At least 10 in this game. Please, in my bold prediction for the game, it's not related to Justin Fields. It's not related to DJ Moore. Our defense will have three takeaways. Two interceptions, one strip sack fumble, And one of those interceptions will be Eddie Jackson taking it to the house because I can just envision it. Every Bear fan loves to see this as if it was 2018 in the Vic Fangio offense. Bold prediction. Eddie Jackson will get a pick six and take it to the house for a touchdown to start off this season in addition to two other takeaways in that game. A strip sack fumble and another interception. Maybe Kyler Gordon. Can I see Kyler Gordon getting that pick? And doing his little uh, Spider-Man celebration, yes, I do. That's my bold prediction for the Bears versus Packers game, and I'm so excited for this game. Fuck the Packers, fuck the Packers, fuck the Packers. Bear fucking down. Jordan Love can kiss my white ass. I fucking hate the Packers, and I cannot wait to see the Chicago Bears get a little revenge back, a little bit, of, a little bit of payback against the Packers for the beatdown. That Aaron Rodgers has been giving us the last 15 plus years. Bear the fuck down. Fuck the Packers, baby. Let's go. I cannot wait. Now, let's switch turn. Let's, you know, change topics. We're going to go around the NFL um, with a bet that I really like. I haven't analyzed the books too much yet. I haven't really been able to look too much in the player props for week one. But there's one line that I'm really looking at. I bet them on the week one of the kickoff season last year. I think it was against the Bengals. They were underdogs. Um, And like I mentioned before, follow Bear Down and Beyond on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, at Bear Down and Beyond. The only handle that's different is Twitter because there's a character limit. That's Bear Down Beyond. I'll be posting more bets for week one. Any last-minute future bets that I'll be making, you can tell or fade me your choice. Either way, we're going to make some money. And you can also follow me in the Action Network app. It's a really cool app where you can track your own bets. You can sign up. um, Follow me at your boy Samuel. That's my personal content handle. And let's get after it. All right. So this line I was looking at for a little bit, I'm not like married to it like personally in terms of the matchups. But I am really liking the statistical trends behind it, the data, the history behind it. And that's Steelers plus two and a half against the San Francisco 49ers. And here is why. Let me take a sip of my high noon. Uh and I'm gonna read up some stats. The Steelers are 53-30 and 4 across the spread as an underdog under Mike Tomlin. I love Mike Tomlin. He is a coach that I respect and I love. And every time they have a winning season with him, no matter what injuries I have, no matter who's that quarterback, no matter. They don't have no excuses in that locker room. That culture that he's built, they're 53-30-4 and four across the spread as an underdog. That's a 64% winning percentage in the sports betting world. 64% of your hits, that is good. That is winning money. And they're plus 2.5 at home against the San Francisco 49ers, who, as of today, Nick Bosa did, just did sign that contract. Because if he wasn't going to play, that line was going to move. And I want to get this... I feel like this line is going to move a little bit. It's already It was at plus three, I believe, earlier on in the season. I don't know how long ago it was at plus three, but now it's at plus two and a half. I think it's at plus two in some bucks. Plus two and a half on FanDuel, I believe. Um, the Steelers are 16-4-3 across the spread as home dogs under Mike Tomlin because they are home underdogs in this game. Pittsburgh has won three straight week one matchups under Mike Tomlin. And then going to the other side of the table, San Francisco is one of five across the spread in Week One under Shanahan. They always start off a little slow. The Bears beat them in that monsoon last year. Brock Purdy is just coming back from that like injury, that surgery. Who knows? Sam Darnold might not even start. George Kittle is not playing. I mean, that's not like a huge like factor, you know, for like moving the line or anything. But it's one of his Brock Purdy's top and favorite receivers. If you can remember from last year, he was really. Linking up with him a lot. Nick Bosa does seem like he's going to be playing. Um, and as a road favorite, San Francisco is just 10 and 11 across the spread. Um, so this is the one bet I wanted to talk about on the podcast. Steelers plus two and a half at home against the San Francisco 49ers. I trust Mike Tomlin. He's 53 30 and four across the spread as an underdog, and he's 16 4 and 3 across the spread as a home underdog. I'm going to bet maybe one unit, nothing more than that on this. It's one that just caught my eye. I look more into the data and research, and I love the statistical stats and history behind this. Maybe not necessarily the matchup. You know, Kenny Pickett, I'm not a huge believer. But TJ Watt is healthy, and when TJ Watt plays, the Steelers do great. All right, NFL future bets. More to come, as I mentioned. Follow me and follow the pages on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, whatever on um, Facebook uh I might be submitting a couple more future bets but this future bet I really like and this is the Chicago Bear one not being honest I do my research when it comes to bets especially player props DJ Moore 125 and a half receiving yards minus 112 at FanDuel he has hit this four out of five seasons he's only been playing five seasons in the league the only re- season he didn't hit this was his rookie season And think about it. He's never had a QB. The QBs he's had throughout his career are, like, irrelevant right now. Sam Darnold, backup quarterback, San Francisco 49ers. Teddy Bridgewater, backup quarterback, Detroit Lions. P.J. Walker last year. Who else? I don't even know. Cam Newton is out. I think that was earlier on in his career. I don't even know who else. Oh, Baker Mayfield. Like, who else have been the Panthers quarterbacks? And he was able to produce three... Seasons at a thousand plus receiving yards. He has never had a quarterback, and now he gets Justin Fields and a Luke gets the office. And they've been sinking this training camp this offseason. You can even see it a little bit in that preseason game when they did a couple of those screens. DJ Moore, 825. This should be more than 900, 950 mark, just borderline a thousand. 825, 825 and a half receiving yards. That is a lock for a future bet. DJ Moore. Lock future bet, 825.5 receiving yards, minus 112 at FanDuel. Lock it in. I'll be laying some units on that one, baby. All right. Another future bet, not Chicago Bears related, though, that I really like. I don't know how I came across this. I was just doing research on player props. Damian Pierce. So check this out. On DraftKings, his rushing yards is half. All right. You know, maybe not the biggest, you know, sell. But on FanDuel, it's 850 and a half at 112. Damian Pierce last year, last season, 13 games, he had 13 games, 939 yards, about 19 touches per game. They have Bryce Young at quarterback now. What is a young quarterback's best friend? A tight end and a solid running game to open that play action pass. I can see him being a huge feature in that offense. Getting 19, 20, 25 plus touches a game. Obviously, they're going to be behind in a lot of games, but they'll be still consistent in that run. It happened last year, although last year, Levy Smith was a defensive coordinator and he, or that head coach, he's more defensive focused. He loves to run the ball, even thinking back to the Bears days, you know, with Cedric Benson, Matt Forte, Thomas Jones. Nonetheless, um, I'm going to take the 850 and a half on FanDuel at minus 112. This is a lock future bet. In my opinion, he only played 13 out of 17 games last year, had 939 rushing yards. If He plays every game this year, averages, I don't know, what is that math? 50, 60 yards a game, I believe he hits this because, yeah. So future lock of the – future – future bet lock of the year, number two, Damian Pierce, 850 – Rushing yards on FanDuel minus one twelve, lock it in. And then I wanted to do like a uh, a position leading uh, future bet, and I came across Justin Herbert uh, leading the league in passing yards. He's got Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator. Kellen Moore is a heavier. Passing focus offense—you saw that a lot with the Cowboys' faster pace. Justin Herbert finished back-to-back the last two years in second place in passing yards. Think about it, Patrick Mahomes—you know he Kelsey's going to be out week one, probably. He's got Kadarius Tony who might not even be playing week one. He doesn't have Juju Smith-Schuster. His receiving court doesn't really get better each year. The Bengals, Joe Burrows, you know, he might be, I think he's supposed to be playing week one. But Justin Herbert, I think it's plus 700 right now on FanDuel to league the league in passing yards. Keenan Allen is supposed to be healthy right now. They drafted that Quentin Johnson, I believe. They got Mike Williams. They check it down to Austin Eckler. I'm going with Justin Herbert. Plus 700 on FanDuel to lead the league in passing yards. I like the, the odds there. You know A little bit of opportunity to make some money. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Those are my three future bets that I'm adding on to my board for the 2023 NFL season. DJ Moore, over 825 receiving yards. Damian Pierce, over 850 rushing yards. And Justin Herbert to lead, lead the league in passing yards. Let's get it. Let's make some money. I'm so excited for those. And like I mentioned before, I'll be looking at a couple more future bets um, and I'll post those in a story in a post before the season starts tomorrow, if not week one, uh, Sunday. All right, I wanted to do this final exercise. This is the last segment we'll do on the podcast today. I wanted to do my NFL pre-week one power rankings, one through 10, We'll get the obvious out the way first. Number one, the Chiefs. Yes, they might not have the sexiest receivers besides Travis Kelsey at the moment, but they have the best player in the league in Patrick Mahomes. That man does magical things. It doesn't matter what receivers that he has. He will get them the ball, and he will win games. And plus, they are the reigning Super Bowl champs, and we haven't even had one game in the season, so it would be disrespectful for me to not include him and the Chiefs as the number one spot in the league um, right now. So I got the Chiefs at number one. Number two, the Eagles. The Eagles were in the Super Bowl with the Chiefs. That was an amazing game, high-scoring game. They barely lost that game. That game slipped out of their hands. And like I mentioned, we haven't had a first game of the week. So I have to give the respect to the two teams that were in the Super Bowl. They didn't get worse as a team. Their additions, their off-season additions and losses kind of balance each other out, if not getting better. They got DeAndre Swift. They got a lot of things going on um, in the off-season where they just kind of balance out, if not got better. Number three, I'm going with Joey Burrow and the Bengals. Uh, I got the Bengals at number three, third-best team in the league. They got Joe Burrow. They got Jamar Chase. You know They got T. Higgins. You know, Joe Burrow is a winner. And if that man is on the field, and he's the only one that has pretty much a winning record against Mahomes. So um, they're the third best team in the league. The AFC is stacked this year, and he has proven himself to be able to win, you know, in the playoffs, going to a Super Bowl, beating Mahomes in the regular season or the playoffs. So I had to give respect where respect is due, and that's putting the Bengals at number three. Number four, not in love with this, but, you know, They are, you know, better than the rest of the teams below them. It's the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. They did lose a couple pieces, you know, on defense. Tremaine Edmonds, to be specific, he went to the Bears. Uh, Josh Allen just got to learn how to win and win in the playoffs and be a little bit more secure with that football. I don't know how they always have a strong, like, winning record and always in games because I believe, like, Josh Allen turns the bar over a little bit, you know, frequently. He's pretty careless with that football, but they say in games – um that defense Sean McDermott and they're always able to climb back in but Josh Allen really needs to win some playoff games this year you know make it to the AFC championship and if not that you know win the AFC championship and number 5 the first uh, second NFC team is the 49ers reason why they're not higher in my opinion is because they got Brock Purdy and i'm hearing good things about Sam Darnold i feel like you know let's see if Brock Purdy can do this in year 2 um he is just coming off that it was an elbow injury um so i want to see if brock birdie you know could do this again in year two or was it just a cinderella kind of story for last year that defense is solid that defense is stacked you know that offense is stacked you Got christian mccaffrey george kill brandon Ayuk, debo samuel the offensive line you know so 49ers are my fifth ranked team then you got the jets the Jets were a solid team last year, barely missed the playoffs, and they were using Mike White and Zach Wilson all year long. Now they have Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Fame quarterback, I don't know, top five, top ten quarterback in the league. You can make that debate. Garrett Wilson, um, that defense, Sauce Gardner. I was watching Hard Knocks, man, and I hated the, I hated Aaron Rodgers for 15-plus years of my life because of the torture he put me and other Chicago Bears through for decades. And now, after watching Hard Knocks, I love that guy. I'm like, that's a cool ass dude. He's not beating my team twice a year, making me depressed, miserable, and want to freaking jump off a bridge anymore. He's over in the AFC East with the Jets playing the Patriots, playing the Bills, playing the Dolphins. I don't need to worry about him. And I was watching Hard Knocks. He's the man. I, I love Aaron Rodgers now. I love Aaron Rodgers. Um, and now they get a legit quarterback, consistent quarterback play, stays healthy. That team is solid and they can make no, some noise. But that division is tough, man. That division is tough. If the Dolphins can stay healthy, which is my number seven pick, in the Bills, you know, I don't know who's coming out of that division, to be honest with you. I have no idea who's coming out of that division. Um, but it will be exciting to watch And Bills, Jets week one. Oh, I'm excited to watch that. I think Aaron Rodgers has an edge to him. He's got a new swagger to him, and he's got things to prove. And he's going to prove them because I don't know how well that Bill's defense is um, after you know losing a huge defender like Tremaine Edmonds. So I'll be excited to watch that game. And number seven, like I mentioned, I got the Dolphins. I would rank them higher than the Jets, but Tua's got to stay healthy. That man of freaking air will touch him and he gets a concussion set to say. You know, they got Tyreek Hill. They got Jalen Waddle. Um, one thing that I love that I really was quietly, you know, acquisition in the offseason, I think it's this first year, Vic Fangio, defensive coordinator. Us Bears fans know how well Vic Fangio is as a defensive coordinator. When the with the Bears had him in 2018, we had the top scoring offense, uh, top scoring defense in the league by a mile. Khalil Mack, Eddie Jackson year, um, dude, Akeem Hicks, like crazy defense, and they got Bradley Chubb, they got Xavier Howard, they got Jalen Ramsey. I don't even know the other defenders on that team, but I know they're good. And if Tua can stay healthy, they're gonna make some noise. And if not, if Tua can stay healthy, win the division. I'm not a Tua believer, but they obviously play a lot better with Tua than any of the other other quarter, backup quarterback. So Tua, Tyreek, Tua's got to stay healthy. I got the Dolphins at number seven, and number eight, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I know some people, you know, you know, probably gonna judge me for this one, but their defense is solid. Michael Parsons, Digs, and now. You got the drama away from with no Zeke, you know, on the roster. Tony Pollard. I'm not saying Tony Pollard is should be the featured back, but then they got some Brandon Cooks to add to some wide receiver. Um, Definitely take the attention off CD. I like the Cowboys. I think they actually win this division. The Cowboys won the NFC East this year. i researched the trends in the NFC East. I don't believe they've ever had back-to-back division winners. Um, And I got to research the stats about the losing uh, team in the Super Bowl and how they bounce back, but. I would say the the Cowboys won the division. Uh, Then number nine, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously going to represent the AFC South. Trevor Lawrence, Kelvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, Travis Etienne. Um, They beat the Chargers last year in the playoffs. You know, you're giving Trevor Lawrence year two, I believe, in that Doug Peterson um, offense. And I think, you know, I would put them at number nine. And number 10, the Chargers, Justin Herbert, Great quarterback. I think, you know, he start, he's gotten a lot of some uh, criticism the last couple years, but they got a new offensive coordinator. They got a healthy Kellen, uh, Keenan Allen. You know, they got Khalil Mack. They got Joey Bosa. They got a solid defense. Um, they just got to win games. You know, maybe this is the year the, the Chargers win the division with, like, the Chiefs. And I hate to <laughs> question the Chiefs and go against the Chiefs, and I never will until proven wrong. Until, you know, we do see a decline in the Chiefs or Patrick Mahomes, which I don't think is anytime soon. But I think the Chargers have a really solid opportunity to compete, and to compete well in that AFC West. Because I don't think the Raiders are going to make too much noise. The Broncos, I don't know, we'll see. I think the Broncos and Russell Wilson get too much criticism. But I won't believe it until we see it how he does well on Sean Payton's offense. So I'm putting the Chargers at number 10. So my NFL pre-1, my NFL week one uh, power rankings, pre-week one power rankings, and number 10, the Chargers, number 9, the Jaguars, number 8, the Cowboys, number 7, the Dolphins, number 6, the Jets, number 5, the 49ers, Bills at 4, Bengals at 3rd, Eagles at 2, Chiefs at 1, and that's an episode, baby. Don't forget to secure those bets. Lock those bets in. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook. Bear down and beyond. Twitter's bare down beyond. I'll be putting more bets before tomorrow. Another bet that I'm looking at for tomorrow's uh for at tomorrow's game specifically is Patrick Mahomes rushing yards. I believe it's at 17 and a half. He likes to scramble. He's got to create plays and he's got to get those first down. He's not gonna probably have Travis Kelsey. I don't think he's gonna have Kadarius Tony. That lion's secondary is gonna glue on to whatever receivers are on that field. And that lion's pass rush is gonna to get to him. He needs to extend plays make more time for his receivers to get separation. And I think 17 and a half rushing yards is a solid bet for tomorrow's Thursday night football game. I'll look at a couple of others. He's averaged 20, he averaged 21 rushing yards per game last year. I'm really liking this bet. that will be the final takeaway and the final note for this episode. This is Bear Down and Beyond episode four. I appreciate all the love and support down and there's one thing and one thing left I have to say bear down and fuck the Packers. Fuck the Packers. The Bears are gonna kick Their ass Sunday, and I cannot wait. I love y'all. Have a great weekend. Good luck to your teams. Good luck to your bets. And I hope you guys catch me on my live stream. Last plug, I'll be live streaming me watching the game Sunday at 4 p.m. On kick. Links will be in the bios. Everyone who knows me knows my passion for the Chicago Bears and my hate for the Green Bay Packers, and they know how crazy I get watching the game. So get your popcorn. Get a drink. You can tune in at the first quarter, the second quarter, the two-minute drive at the end if it's a close game, which it won't be because the Bears are going to kick their ass. You control me if the Bears lose or are losing. You can cheer me on and show your Bears love in the comments if they're winning. But I'll be live streaming me watching the game Sunday at 4 p.m. on kick. Links will be in the bio. Peace out. Bear down. Fuck the Packers.